Thank you for tuning in, Power Collectors, Titans, Masters, Game Investors, Collectors, etc. We're going we're gonna to work on that intro, of course. Um, welcome to Power Collectors. Thank you for tuning in to Power Collectors. Welcome back, Power Collectors. I think that's probably the best, huh? Welcome back, Power Collectors. If it's your first time tuning in, we talk about collectibles and gosh i gotta i gotta work this out investment grade doesn't sound good um we got to find a definition of what power is i'm i'm working on that um power obviously means you have a strong network you have amazing collection you probably have a couple trophies you might have a unicorn you know what uh speculation investing and collecting really is there's, there's a lot of things that power means. I haven't nailed it down, but I think a lot of you guys listening right now are power collectors in your own right, and girls, and aliens if you're there. Um, it's all about the power of collecting, right? It's all about that passion, and that's really where the power comes from, is that passion, that passion for more knowledge, that passion to, to drive courage and bravery to drop just ungodly sums of money into physical collectibles or even digital now that we have nfts and all that so we just witnessed one of the biggest drops biggest investments biggest speculations biggest scandals biggest fakes biggest frauds we've ever seen in the entire collectible stratosphere universe uh you know worlds and we're talking about pokemon if you look and you Google, let's do this right now. Just Google best-selling franchises. This is why I've been increasing Pokemon coverage. Best-selling franchises. Are you ready for this? Wikipedia, list of highest-grossing media franchises. We're talking about IPs, intellectual property. The TM, the registered R, that's all intellectual property. The NES, that's intellectual property. Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Mario Bros. with a dot with a TM, that's intellectual property. Pac-Man, you know, G.I. Joe, whatever it is, it's intellectual property. What's number one on the list? Well, let's start at the bottom. What's number... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Mario. Okay, Mario's all the way down at number nine of best-selling franchises, IPs. You can say IPs. That goes out to Nelson Laffey, who works at uh, Golden Auctions now. Um, he, he dropped the word IP. I assume most people understand that. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, uh, you know, Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. These are all IPs. Blu-ray is an IP. It's a really big IP. You know, Sony has every intention to not go digital because they have the blu-ray ip everybody that has you know a blu-ray stamp on their disc has to pay sony a little bit of residual passive income ip is really one of the ways you can generate passive income as opposed to it which is building out some sort of technology otherwise you got to flip stuff and i think uh, most of us would rather probably um, collect royalties or passive income or licensing or, or registrations on something that we created. And that's what becoming an influencer or becoming a YouTuber or becoming a writer, a movie star, an actor, a screenplay writer, whatever it may be. You're looking to develop IP. So Mario's all the way down at what, number nine? 
We've got the top five up there. We got Mario at nine, 35 billion. The MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe, at 38. And Pan Man, I think that's Japanese, Takahashi Yanase. That's uh, 45 billion. That was built in 1973. That's old school. Then you got Disney Princess, top six, not quite cracking the 50 billion dollar mark. Then the top five IPs in the world globally, I assume. This is merchandise, sales, box office, home entertainment, video game, books, DVD, Blu-ray, jet aircraft sales. Whoa. Pokemon has $3 million worth of jet aircraft sales. I have no idea what they're talking about there. Maybe somebody slapped the Pokemon logo on a, 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 a small airline company or something. Who knows? Top five, Star Wars, 1977, $70 billion. Winnie the Pooh, top four, 1924, $81 billion. Mickey Mouse and Friends, just above that, just a tick above. Disney beats out Winnie the Pooh. Uh, four, it was it was only four years after 1924 that uh, Walt Disney made Mickey Mouse and Friends, $83 billion IP. Hello Kitty, number two on the list, built in 74. Yuko Shimizu, Sanrio. This is merchandise sales pretty much and a tiny bit of box office. Hello Kitty is a heavy hitter because it's just merchandise sales. Nobody beats Hello Kitty for merchandise sales. Um, there's only four IPs above $80 billion. In merchandise sales, and that would be Hello Kitty, Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh, and then you got your big boy Pokemon. Pokemon, number one IP in the world, 1996. It's fresh, it's new, it's pop culture, it's relevant. 109 billion. It blows away Hello Kitty, Mickey Mouse, Star Wars. But the breakdown is interesting. Besides the jet aircraft sales, we've got strategy guide books at 142 million. Maybe my magazine idea has some legs to run if we talk about Pokemon video games. Home entertainment. I don't know what that is. What is that? Is that like Pokemon Go? Uh, I think Pokemon Go is part of the 24 billion. So the bulk of Pokemon is video games at 25, let's say 20% of the gross. And then you've got licensed merchandise, which is a sick number at $80 billion. If you're thinking about becoming a reseller, quitting your job, going to work for yourself with your wife, starting a family business at home, and you want to do Pokemon, I would take a I would take a real strong dive at list of highest grossing media franchises, pull up Pokemon, break down the 109 billion, draw a pie chart for your little company, draw a pie chart, and kind of match the breakdown. In other words, take strategy guys, take the 142, divide it by 1,090, which represents the billion, and say, okay, strategy guys, we can expect to do 3% of our gross. Video games are going to be 20% of our gross. Stuff is going to be most of our gross. And that's something you can do. Well, we want to do stuff. No, we want to do education. We want to write books. We want to flip books. We want to make an eBay store that's just Pokemon literature. That's a niche that probably a lot of people aren't looking at. Everybody sells cards and games, but who sells, you know, 1,000 strategy guides, books, Pokemon magazines, and that's kind of how the power of the pie chart can really serve you in your strategy to find a niche that puts food on the table for your family, okay? So we before we get to the action, we, uh, we want to just uh, keep that in the back of your mind that Pokemon is the number one IP franchise in the world. Mario is like one third of that. And then let's go down the list. You got Harry Potter right below that. Spider-Man, Transformers, Barbie, Batman, Dragon Ball, Call of Duty. Okay, the next video game is Call of Duty. And that's probably, you know, one, 
I don't know, one fifth, one sixth of Pokemon. Um, and I'm happy to see that because I just picked up a 9.6 A plus Call of Duty first print, first game in the franchise on console for less than a thousand dollars. I thought it was a steal because I've seen the 9.8 sell for as high as twenty thousand dollars. And we were just talking about ratios, and that's something you can look forward in this interview coming up shortly is that ratios 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 are the secret sauce to getting what is my game worth what is this worth how can i sell it what's my valuation 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 that's all about ratios because nobody can predict the future all you can do is look back on past data and make a guesstimate i'm guessing you're guessing there's no experts logan paul's an expert and he just got scammed so let's get into it. I welcome loving father, hardworking, uh, Michigan-based educator, YouTuber, guest on my show, and the house Pokemon expert, Josh Green, who goes by The Green Shiz on YouTube and Instagram. Let's go live bed i gotta work tomorrow <laughs> okay let's make it quick i've been staying up late every week every day so yeah let's make it quick we're gonna talk about the uh, pokemon unicorn which uh if you don't know is the case of cards logan paul bought for 3.5 million and we've got the green shiz well we lost him but there's he he's back okay out of michigan josh can i say your last name no Glad to be here, man. I appreciate you bringing me back on. Yeah, I'd love to have you. We're just going to play it low-key tonight. Yeah, I can see more of your face this time. Last time, I, I was the lucky number one. You were completely, I did not see your eyes. You had sunglasses on. <laughs> I'm going, I'm working on a new project, and I will be unveiling myself when I announce that new project. I'm moving to another state, and it's just complicated. But anyway, let's talk about Pokemon. Teach me about this this uh, so-called case of cards. Yeah, there was a uh, video that popped up today by Mr. Logan Paul that was number one trending on YouTube, uh, which doesn't happen often for Pokemon or collectibles. But uh, yeah, so confirmed $3.5 million he spent on a case a sealed case the first edition base um was proven fake um i guess want me to give you a little backstory on it yeah i'm i'm curious we we on we all understand that this is like a case but we've never seen a case of cards so where did this case of cards come from yeah so i think there was three stores so there's a gentleman rattle pokemon uh, on youtube he's the guy who basically did the the case so highly recommend you check them out um so rattle pokemon is the guy did a lot of investigation but there was i think three stories where this originated um it originated in a estate sale um and that was just one of the strange ones and i forget the other one i think was a garage sale or some, some grandma found it in the attic there's literally two or three short stories like that from the original seller uh, which was one of the big red flags that Rattle ended up discovering. So red flag number one, um, I guess it didn't matter. This guy, I think his, 
his name Shine150 on Instagram, who bought the box from that seller for $2.7 million. Um, went with it. He That's when they went and got it certified at Baseball Card Exchange. They went and got the sealed case certified. Um, and a baseball card exchange, not knowing much about Pokemon, they did what they do. They didn't open it at the time. So basically all they did is they took this box um, and looked at the labels, looked at the tape, and made sure there was no intrusions. And from there is when they wrapped it with their BBCE um, tape um, to, cert to certify it with their, their logo. Um, nothing legally binding there, so they're not in trouble, I don't think, with money. Um, but they are going to take a black eye because they certified a $3.5 million box that is now not real. So, um, yeah, the lesson yeah, there is if then, lesson there is if you're starting a grading company, you can get, you know, crushed just by making one little mistake. Well, this is a big mistake, but if you make mistakes as a grading company, watch out. Yeah, well, and it's come out in the last six months that BBC grades sealed packs also for PSA. So they're the they're the company. So I don't think that will have much effect on it. It it is more of a niche market there. Yeah. Um. So that that'll probably be okay. But it's just more of just the publicity that they're. It's not not amazing publicity that they're getting. Yeah. Yeah. So this but, case went through a couple hands before it got to BBCE. So they can't go back to see who actually um, sold it to the guy that submitted it. Like, who, who's at fault here, in other words? Yep, so the guy that sold it to Shine150 on Instagram, Molly Wops or Molly, something like that is his name. Um, so that gentleman went to BBCE and basically with the seller, got it verified, then they he took on the box. So the guy that, in Logan's video, uh, the gentleman that sold it to Logan was there for... He sold it. I saw that the guy. And he was there, so the guy yeah. that yeah sold it for two point seven million wasn't there. So he's he's not come public yet. I that I've seen uh, what with what's going on. I think he was lawyering up the last note I saw. Um, really lawyering up. Oh my. Yep. Wow. Not, not confirmed, but it's. It, it, it could get messy pretty quick, but I think Logan got his money back right away. Um, so he got a, basically free marketing. Um, he got to plug his energy drink that he just launched in the first two seconds and um, got number one video trending on YouTube just for transacting <laughs> $3.5 million and get it put back into his account. So the guy that did the 2-7 is, is at risk? Yeah, he's the guy that's going to be going after yeah he's the guy who's out money right now he needs to that's that's where the lines cut off we don't have the answer exactly what the seller if that original guy with the multiple stories was yeah. he get duped but i doubt it yeah. the way so in general stories it's in general this guy is paying 2.7 million for a case now does he is he an expert does he know there are no cases out there and are there any cases out there in your opinion 
none have come out. Um, this is the what would have been the first public one. I know Gary King Pokemon has one that's opened. Um, yeah, the case, the actual case has been slid open, so you yeah. can see the boxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there. He went with what BB after BBCE approved it. He's like, all right, I'll buy it for two point yeah. seven. That makes sense. Oh uh, no, he, yeah, he bought it. Yeah, he bought it for two point seven. So he yeah. After BBC put the wrap on it, he was uh, lock, stock, and barrel man. He was okay. Now, for my video game listeners that might not know Pokemon, me as well, what is in the case and what's in the boxes and, you know, what can you expect to pull out of there if you, uh, you're you pulling for PSA 10s or BGS 10s? Like, just give me evaluation if it was all opened and you pulled it all and submitted it. What what are you expecting? What can you get? What's the breakdown and all that? Yeah, so... It's, it's a box within a box. It's boxes within a box. And, and so, so six, basically six. six boxes. So you got six sealed booster boxes. Within each box, you got 36 packs. Um, these are first edition. They were printed in 1999. This is the first English release of Pokemon cards in the United States. And if, and like there recently was, Logan Paul just did a box break in December. They graded all the hollows. So inside of that, you can get the Charizard, um, the Blastoise, the Venusaur. Those are the big three. So if you grade a 10 on those, you get crazy prices, but it's not really, really realistic. So in that box break, I think the Charizard, there was not pulled. Huh. So you got a chance of not pulling the Charizard. Zero? Um, and you could get a zero Charizard box? Yeah, I believe that was a zero Charizard box. Wow. So there's a chance you could get two. Gary King Pokemon's pulled three. You could get zero. Um, but so what is what is yeah Charizard, yeah just sold on golden auction for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So it ranges from that to three fifty, depending on okay what auction site okay what day of the week. <laughs> so if you pull two Charizards PSA tens, you're going to be looking really pretty. Now, what's the difference between the holos, the shadowless, and all the variations? How's that breakdown per box? In this, there's no variation. All of these will be first. So there's three. In America, there was three print runs. There was first edition base, which is shadowless. Oh, okay. First edition base doesn't have a shadow on it. And then you have shadowless, which is literally the same exact card as first edition base, minus the one stamp. So it also... There's, so there's two sets without shadows, and then the unlimited set had the shadow incorporated. Okay, so yeah. this is the first of the first of the first. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, you can't pull a BGS ten, right? I mean, because I saw the video between King Pokemon and Logan Paul doing the big deal with the cash and all that in Vegas, and he had his pick of the litter of like seven PSA tens, and he picked out one. He knew right away that had vibrant colors, perfect centering, no chipping. Somehow that became the third BGS-10 on the planet. You can't expect to pull a BGS-10, can you, out of a case? Like, like that last... No, you can't. I would expect you maybe to get a 10, because that last Casey pack, you're guaranteed 12 hollows. Uh, one in three packs. So in that, there was one PSA-10. And it was the Venusaur, which is like probably thirty thousand dollars. 
So you're five. you're saying twelve hollows per box times six. So seventy-two hollows. How many numbers? What's the number of cards in the hollow set? Is it the same as a base? Sixteen. Okay. So you, there's no way you can get a full set opening one box. You could get twelve of them, which is still really rare. You can, usually you get duplicates of hollows. So give me your estimate pulling the whole case. How many Charizards, and then break down the types of Charizards on average. What do you mean the types of Charizards? Like By you grade? You pull maybe zero, one, or two Charizards per box, and then you, for the case, that would be, I guess, let's say six to 18 Charizards? I would say the average is probably like 1.15 Charizards per box. So you're going to get six to eight Charizards per case. And then out of those Charizards, are they all first edition base? Are they going to be hollows? Is there a mix? I'm confused on hollows. Yep, they're all hollows. So Charizard never came as a non-hollow. So if you're pulling six to eight Charizards out of six boxes, they're all going to be the same exact card. And they'll probably range from a PSA 7 to a PSA 10. What's the population report for PSA versus, let's say, BGS uh, 9510s across the board? Are we talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Charizards? Yeah, I compare it. It's not as, I don't think it's as high as like a Michael Jordan, um, but it's 121, 122 for the first edition PSA 10 Charizard. And then you jump up to, I think, like 650 for PSA 9. Um, and then for BGS, you just, you said it, there's three BGS 10 Charizards. Yeah. I'm not even sure on the 9.5s. So um, I'm really shocked I that there's... I you're... actually can't even picture seeing it. Yeah. A 9.5, I know there's not a lot of them, because usually people would just go to PSA with those. Yeah. That's the preferred... Yeah, some of that data could be, you know, cross cross graded. So the oh, no yeah, there's definitely like myself, yeah. I've cracked, a, I've cracked a lot of cases and resubbed them to different grading companies, and which is what Logan did. Logan cracked and dropped his balls on the table and cracked the, he cracked a two hundred fifty thousand dollar piece of plastic to hand it in raw to get. It. He's like, all right, I'm gonna just risk everything he obviously has the funds to do it and nobody else would which <laughs> gary king pokemon tried to do he tried to frustrate it but he didn't crack it out of the case he just gave him the case which didn't eliminate the bias so beckett does the same uh the grading service where you set the minimum grade if it doesn't hit it on the pre-grade they don't crack it yep. gotcha gotcha that's really amazing breakdown because that's high-level gambling, man. I mean, that's not a lot of Charizards, and I can't imagine you're going to get more than one or two or three tens. You're talking $3 million worth of material, and you might pull out three ten Charizards, maybe a million, maybe four. That's insane. There is, It's a loss. Opening these boxes is a loss. There's almost no chance that... Um, the, the odds of getting a 10 you need a 10 chart you need to pull one 10 charizard for it to happen but man it's like doubtful <laughs> um not not a good odds like you're playing you might as well just go throw 250 grand on black or something <laughs> yeah okay. i uh i was just on facebook and people were saying i've been sending in games and i'm not getting any nine eights 
And it's like, I come from sports cards back in the day. We just buy the 10s. When we want a 10, we buy it. We don't pull for it. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it'll get to a point in games where you're not going to find, like, you see all the time in games and cards, like, you see people posting, hey, I need a gem mint copy of this SMB3 Lepros. Oh, yeah, so do I, bud. Like, yeah, good, good luck. luck. Yeah. It's, it's just insane. So is there anything that I missed that we might want to talk about before we just poke around on Heritage a little bit? I guess maybe just a little recap on just the the gentleman that sold the the box to Logan for three and a half mil. He's he's the guy in hot water. He definitely came up and paid Logan. He was in the hotel room with him, so it's good respect on him. He is a big collector, um, which is why he spent two and two point seven million dollars on a, on a box of Pokemon. So good props to that guy. He uh, I highly respect it. Um. So Logan obviously made out like a bandit, but obviously it's good to have good publicity, bad publicity. Any publicity is good for uh, trading cards. And the GI Joe, I don't know if you at the end of the end of it, the GI Joe boxes that popped out of there. Yeah, uh, I saw the cards, that. Anyways, those have gone straight to the moon. They uh, holy it was like $80 shit! Eighty dollars for a, a box. I screenshotted on eBay when it first the video first uploaded. Now it's like four hundred dollars a box. You gotta be kidding me! That actually worked at the end of his video when he said GI Joe's shit, but then he did the little, you know, the little jingle, and now GI Joe's going to the moon. GI Joe sold listings on eBay. It's booming. So tell me about GI Joe PSA tens. Is there an early special chaser card? (laughs) (laughs) The set that he dropped on the table is from 1991. (laughs) <laughs> but everyone's buying the 2004 <laughs> Wizards of the Coast one for $400, and they're absolutely insane. Oh, that's crazy. Logan is a master of hype, scandal, a hype again, and then rehype. Unbelievable. Man, this it's, guy's a master. There's Obviously, he didn't intentionally mean to push G.I. Joe like that. Like, people are just... It's it's in the news. It's in what everybody knows, and somebody wants to make a meme out of it and make two hundred dollars on a GI Joe box. It's just now that you're mentioning the GI Joe, I'm thinking back when they said, "Wow, those boxes look puffy. the 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 shrink wrap looks a little different. It was obviously a repack." But the question is, is that something like, let's say, a professional resealed game out of China that's actually remanufactured in a facility, or is that just a you know, a chop shop that did this. What do you think? I know that's a weird question based on one little video. Yeah, I definitely think it was local here done just because of the G.I. Joe packs. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. The boxes weren't even authentic. Those were fake boxes. Those were definitely printed. They're not first edition boxes. Um, that's a low budget. There, those boxes alone without cards are 500 to thousands of dollars. So, um yeah, it's so some was a, a local job. So somehow they did the inside like shit, but the outside they did aging on the tape. They got the uh, sealing correct. The labels were the labels correct too. Yeah, so the, the, you mean the like the, the there was one label on it, and yeah. it the guy rattled Pokemon that did the whole thing. He definitely debunked the label pretty good. The barcode didn't match some of the different things 
Um, the actual coating on it didn't match a little bit. So that was the major red flags that first popped up. So yeah, it, it, the whole thing was a pretty big mess and BBC probably should have did a little bit more, um, investigation in especially a $3.5 million box or 2.7 at the time when they reviewed it. Yeah. Um, definitely should have took a week to analyze. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if there's a database or anywhere you can check, but uh, those cases don't exist as far as I'm concerned at this point. They don't exist, right? In in sealed form, they don't exist. I know they're just the one opened one that yeah. is real. King, so po in, King in theory, Pokemon. We just, in theory, we just lost six boxes we thought were real. Like, nope. maybe maybe a hundred of these boxes in existence. We just locked six off the top. Like, let me ask you, Josh, is there any action in the market today in reaction to that besides G.I. Joe? In other words, sealed materials, sealed packs, sealed boxes. Is that going down? Is that going up? Is Charizard taking a hit at all today, or is it all just hype and it's going to the moon again? I, I sold Charizard today. It's been on my eBay for two weeks, but it wasn't a Charizard. But I haven't had a chance. I've been grinding work, actual work all day. And um, a couple other things, hang out with the family. So I haven't had a chance to look at it. I just looked at the, the meme G.I. Joe stuff earlier today. Okay, well, let's talk about that game you found on Heritage then because, you know, um, when we put this on the podcast, the gamers are going to listen in. Um, you mentioned that, uh, well, I call him Charizard, but the Pokemon Red Rattata went off uh, a couple days ago for six grand. And how did you feel about that? Honestly, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, the and do you do you know the different variants for Pokemon? I understand that Sandshrew is first print and Rattata's second or later, but there are a few hardcores that say it could be concurrent release. But I go with production, and I really believe that Sandshrew is produced first. Yeah, so the, I guess the story I've read, and it makes sense, is that Sandshrew is not available to catch in both games. So because you couldn't catch Sandshrew in blue and red, they made it so that Pidgey and Rattata were then put on the back of it because those respective Pokemon could actually be obtained in those games. Which, which implies that's an update that comes after obviously in the timeline is what you're saying right yeah so it's it, it, it is the second print from all intents and purposes and it's treated that way by everybody so um i was just backing that up with what i know for it but i like the it price, the price seemed decent for what i've seen on heritage and only being a weekly you have a handful of pokemon games also coming up in the uh signature this month right the end of this month coming up yeah i haven't gotten that deep into the analysis yet but i'll look at that after we get off this live stream if that was a if that was a sand true eight it so it's an 8.0 a plus that went off for six ground rotata they're calling it a mid-production i don't know if that's second third or whatever but is it a 2x is it a 3x is there a hard and fast rule you can use for blue and red for rotata versus sand true Oh, yeah, so I think a Sandshrew is probably, so if you're looking at the same grade, I'd say probably at least 2X. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That, that, and if you get into like the 9.8s and stuff, you're talking yeah, probably that's, a lot. That's it's, just, it's different. Yeah. Either. It's, do you guys use, what do you guys use from 10 to 9 
when you're talking general early first edition cards, PSA 10 to 9, do you use the same rough ratio to buy stuff when you drop from 10 to 9? As far as price-wise? Yeah, when you're looking to get a bargain, you know, I don't want to pay whatever, over 20% of the 10 or, you know. No, it's exactly. So if, and I was just looking myself at some sports cards, I'll get into what I just discovered and it's pretty awesome but uh <laughs> similar to uh michael jordan like the the psa 10 michael jordan clear 86 just what is that it's like 350 20X. yeah i mean it's it's 350 to 750 but yep. the nine like what's 20, the nine it's the psa nine or yeah. whatever it is and it's similar for charizard psa nines just sold on golden auctions for 19 grand um after buyer's premium and so that's right. It's like the same. It's literally Michael Jordan and Charizard about the same, like literally the same. Um, the PSA 10 could be about 350. The nine's about 20. Yeah. And then really strange, like looking at sports cards, they consider PSA nine off center um, lesser of a grade than a PSA eight. So you can buy a PSA nine off center card for cheaper than a PSA eight. But in Pokemon, people would prefer a PSA nine off center over an eight. Um, so can you cross that to CGC or BGS and get rid of the qualifier and get it like to an eight five or something? Yeah, yeah, it's tough to get a qualifier at CGC. That thing's got to be chopped. Um, and they grade literally chopped cards, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, you could cross it, but it's just again you're. Let's let's take a comment here. Um, Swiss collecting is saying sand shrew can only be caught in blue. So he's saying that blue obviously is later in the answer could be obtained. And so they're like, all right, we'll just make it. So the Pidgey and Rattata respectively will be put on the back. So that's about it. Does anybody have any questions that's listening in right now? Um, that's about it. Yeah, it's late. Um, it must be like almost coming up on one o'clock. So, uh, yeah, um, maybe we'll uh, we'll talk again when Signature goes off and we got some new data on Pokemon games. How about that? Yeah, you got the Signature. Is it a certified link or comic connect that also is popping off at the end of the month? So Yeah, yeah. I would love to do a little quick rundown of just the Pokemon with you after they go off. How about that, Josh? Yeah, okay. yeah man, sounds good. Okay, thanks again for coming in so late tonight and sharing this. Uh, you know, recap of these last crazy week, last, you know, five days or whatever, this crazy drama. Appreciate the, uh, you know, the breakdown of what's actually in these boxes, what you can pull, what kind of grades you can expect. I really appreciate your insight. Oh, yeah, man, not a problem. Okay. It's the name of the game. Thank you, Josh. All right, man. You have a good one. I'll talk to you soon. Have a nice night. Me too. Peace.
Okay, we're going to stop this segment and then I'll probably do an intro and, well, let's just do the outro right now. Play life like a video game. Try, try something new. Try to learn about the cross-grading population reports that are out there in sports cards and Pokemon and trading card games and use that data because we know that's not pure data. We've heard of people submitting cards 12 times in a row to the same grading company. Use that data analysis and those ratios that we dis- discussed with Josh, such as the 10x rule, or the 20% rule, the 2x rule. Try to think about the CGC population report that's supposed to drop six months after. They're going to open up grading shortly. Today's, what, mid-January 2022. They're supposed to be open any day now. That prop report's supposed to hit in six or seven months from this podcast tonight. And then you've got VGA that's supposed to drop any day. And if you think about those population reports in terms of an overall census, um, a population instead of a sample population, the overall population of games, and then how many are graded, how many are mint versus gem mint, you might be able to get ahead of the game and predict some record breakers. If you do that, even though you might have trouble understanding sports cards or Pokemon and and how the ratios are really different compared to games from 9.8 to 9.6 to 9.4 versus PSA 10 to PSA 9 or BGS 10 compared to a PSA 10 or, or BGS 9.5, BGS 9. You know, once you get through that, you make some mistakes, you get some knowledge, you get some wisdom, you can become a collecting master.